All right, so how many of you, right, if you're walking out, if this week, if that song came out on the radio, you would have all jumped in and sang along with it, right? <laughs> and so some of you are going, oh, wait a second, so we go from indescribable to who are you? And some of you are asking us, who are you? And actually, this is really important because what we try to do here at K2 is to say there should be no difference between how you live your life in this hour and a half and the way you do the rest of your life. So, and, and sometimes we think, well, I'm going to give God my hour <laughs> on Sunday, and then I'll just do whatever I want. But what we love, like I know for me, my mom and dad, they didn't really like rock and roll music. So we, they liked what we used to call elevator music. Do you guys remember that? And that was where they took the rock and roll tur- the songs and they, did them, they played them with strings. <laughs> That's what I grew up with. I love the fact that I can tell you this, man, if my kids were in the car and that same song came on, the windows were down, we crank it up and we would sing it. Now here's the deal. We wanna make sure that who we are is the same 24-7, everywhere we go. So who are you? It was really funny, I was uh, working on this message on Friday and uh, we have a big picture window in our house and I was looking across the street and all of a sudden all these big trucks showed up and four guys jumped out. And about three weeks ago, I was in my yard working on my sprinklers and uh, across the, the road there's a duplex and the landlord was there. And he was on a ladder up into a tree with a chainsaw trying to trim this tree down. And I'm looking at him and I'm going, and you could tell, he finally got one branch and he came down this, the, the ladder and he just said, this is a lot harder than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> and I don't know how many of you wanna be on a, on a ladder with a chainsaw up in a tree. And finally, he just kinda gave up and he left it there. And I said, well, actually, I have a friend who could do this if, you, if you'd wanna help. And he said, man, that'd be awesome. Well, my friend didn't do it, but on Friday, these, this group of four guys showed up and it was awesome. I'm kind of bummed because I didn't see, and, and so he had this one tree, small tree in the front, but then he had about a 40 to 50 foot tall pine tree that was completely dead. And we live right here in Sugar House, right? And that thing came crashing down. And as soon as it did, there was a guy with a chainsaw, zoom, 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 just cutting off every limb. And as soon as the limbs came down, there was another guy in this, I don't know what it is, it's like a little dump truck. And he had the thing, and he'd scoop everything up, and then he'd take it over. To, no, it wasn't a dump truck. That would be like a bulldozer. And then he put it in the dump truck, right? And he put the stuff in there. There was one guy, another guy who had rakes, and another guy who had a, 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 like a leaf blower. And I'm... It was unbelievable. Within minutes, a 50-foot pine tree was down, trimmed, cut up, put in a truck, and it didn't even look like anything had happened. So then I went to the grocery store, and I came back, and the guy had now, I don't know what you call it, but he was actually like going into the, the, the trunk, right, and just digging that whole thing out, got up all those wood chips, put it on the thing, scooped it up, and it was spotless. And I looked out there, and I'm like, there used to be a huge pine tree right across there, and it's gone. And what was amazing, guys, when I watched that, four guys. One trimmed off all the branches. The second guy was in that little bulldozer thing, scooping everything up. The third guy had a rake, making everything come together. And the fourth guy had the blower. And because every guy knew why he was there, and he, they did their job, it happened beautifully and quickly. 
So it wasn't just the guys, though, who were there. They had the right equipment, right? There was a chainsaw. There was a small bulldozer. There was a dump truck. There was a leaf blower. There was a rake and what I call the trunk destroyer because I have no idea what it really is. (laughs) Trunk grinder. grinder, Thank you. (laughs) Now think about this. Everything was there and it worked in order and it was beautiful. It was so cool to watch. Think about this. Can you imagine if the leaf blower didn't want to be the leaf blower? Can you? Because really, the leaf blower you can see, but man, I want to be the chainsaw. I want, I want to be able to cut the tree down. And you can say, well, go for it. Can you picture the, the leaf blower? Just, just give me a little bit more time. I, I'm sure I can do this. It's like, no. You're not made to, 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 to make trees fall down. And the same thing, chainsaw, clean up that mess. Right? I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. There's a reason those things are designed the way that they are. So, so, and not only that, but think about this. What would have happened if one of the guys hadn't showed up? What if he wasn't there or if one of the pieces of equipment wasn't there? Well, number one, it doesn't get done. If they all showed up and the chainsaw wasn't there, I don't care how, how tough your rake is, you know, you're not bringing the tree down. And so sometimes if you don't have the right thing, the job doesn't get done. Sometimes you can do the job, but not as good as you could have if everybody was there and all the right pieces of equipment were there. Or it could take way longer than expected, or instead of each person enjoying their role, they get exhausted and frustrated. But because everybody was there and they had what they needed, bam, within a few minutes, you wouldn't even know there was a pine tree there. So here's my question. Who are you? Who are you? Do you know how much you matter? Do you really understand what your purpose in life is for? Are you living right now the life that you were designed for? Have you found that certain purpose that when you do it, it accomplishes something, it blesses something, it helps accomplish a purpose that's greater than the individual thing that you were doing? Are you, here's the question for this month, are you fulfilling the role for the greater purpose of this life? That's where we're gonna go. And today we're gonna look at the natural you who God made you to be, all right? So let's pray and then we'll dive in. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this amazing truth. And we just want to say, again, I know that you know everyone who's here. And there's no accident that we're here. And there is design and there's purpose. But I know this, God, we need to hear from you. I want to thank you for this morning. Thank you for 930 service. I pray that you would just make yourself so present right now that every person in this room would leave encouraged and with a sense that they know who they really are. And we pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So um, if you have the K2 app, uh, you can open that up. All the scripture, all the notes are in there. So go ahead and you can uh, download that if you don't have it at any time. 
you can get it up on your phone or grab your Bible. If you're still a paper Bible person, pull it out, and we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And one of the most important things, you guys, again, is there's no way that any of us as human are ever going to really figure out what this whole life is about. We needed God to actually come and reveal himself to us. So he's revealed himself, right? And this is part of this is his word to us. So here we go, starting with verse 15, Colossians 1:15. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, which is the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything, he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Oh, this is a great passage. It's amazing. This is so rich, all right? So here we go. The natural you, discovering who you are. The first thing that we need to see from this passage is what God is saying is Jesus thought of you. So the first thing, if we're going to grasp, if we're going to discover who you are, you need to understand who are you? You are God's idea. You're his idea. In him, it says, all things were created in him. So this is so interesting. So if you go back to Genesis, right, in the beginning, when everything was recreated, how did God actually create the world? What did it say? God did what? He, he spoke it. So what does that mean? Well, what is a spoken word? It's an idea that's expressed. So that's all that's going on right now, right? I have a bunch of ideas in my head. But the only way you can know what they are, the only way they become real to you, is I have to speak them. And so, I think what the writer in Genesis was helping us to understand is, you need to know that everything you see was first in the mind of God. I was just talking to somebody, people keep asking, hey, you know, how's your summer going? And part of it for me is great because we're actually working now to get up in the mountains, right? My family's getting up in the mountains. And I was telling somebody that this morning, and they say, I know, I feel closest to God when I'm in the mountains. How many of you feel closest to God, right, when you're in the Why is that? Because all things were created in him. And so he's expressing himself, so everything you see, right? Look around this room. Everything you've got here. The chairs, you know, the, the stool here, all this musical equipment, the clothes that you're wearing. Everything you can see in this room was created, but it started first where? 
in somebody's mind. They had an idea, and now they expressed it. See, this is so crucial, you guys. If you grasp the depth of the riches of this understanding, it can change you because you need to know your God's idea. You started in the mind of God. You're an expression of God, unique to any other person in this world, right? Take a moment, just look around, right? That's why we created this place, so that we could actually see each other. Every one of you in this room, unique expression of God. He thought of you. Now, here's here's what you got to understand. What the Bible's telling you and me is you only exist. The reason you're even on this planet, the reason you're even here to be able to listen to me is because first, God actually thought of you. That's phenomenal. Ex, uh, Psalm 139.13 puts it this way. He says, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. It's a fascinating verse. That inmost being means your personality, your intellect, your abilities, your physicality. There is a natural you. And what the Bible is saying is you are designed specifically by God. And I want to tell you, when all of us, and so the whole world, there's books written, there's, there's tests that you can take, trying to help us understand, who am I? And everybody's trying to figure this out, okay? So I, I really want to encourage you. There are two tests that I want to, I'd encourage you to take. They're on, your, on, on the K2 app. Uh, as soon as you open it up, you'll see the two personality tests. They're on our website. Um, the first one is Myers-Briggs, okay? Now, Go ahead and, and help me out. How many of you have taken the Myers-Briggs personality test? Okay, look at this. Almost, almost all, if you haven't done it, take it. And I, I've said this before. The first time I ever took the test, I was in college. And our professor passed out this thing. We took the test. When he gave us back the results, I was reading them, and I literally went, and I covered them up. And I'm not kidding. I, I was covering up because I, I looked around, and I go, how do they know this about me? It was so revealing, and, 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 so, and it's been ho- so helpful to have a test help me to understand how I'm created. Here's a few things it did for me. Number one is it allowed me to give myself grace. How many of you have things in your life about you that really bug you? <laughs> See, and some of you are so fed up with yourself. Now, I'm not talking character issues, things like that, just the way you're wired. And once you realize, oh, God designed me this way, you can give yourself grace. Secondly, you can also give somebody else grace. And I want to tell you, man, if you're married, take the Myers-Briggs personality test. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I I know you laugh. I'm telling you, every premarital I do, the first thing I have people do is take this test. It helps Susie and I so much because we're just wired completely different. And you can now give somebody else grace because you can look at them and say, oh, you get rid of all these foolish expectations that we have that your spouse is going to be like you, right? Because you've got it all together. (laughs) Instead, you realize, oh my gosh, God wired them in a different way. Man, I know the guys I work with, I know they're Myers-Briggs because when you discover who you naturally are, 
you can finally start to find, this is my reason for being here. So here's a second one. Um, I don't know if this is not quite, how many of you have taken the Strengths Finders? Anybody taken the Strengths Finders test? Okay, not as many. That's another one. It's, kind of, it's been newer in the last five, 10 years. Um, but I just took it yesterday, and I got my results back. And I'm like, it's very, I'm actually going to have to show them to Susie. It's like, is this me? But it's another great test. And in this test, it helps you to see if you're wired this way, this is what you could be doing with your life. Now, then let me just say, I just want to say, it's not going to give you definitive answers, but both of these just help you realize God created your inmost being. You do have a certain personality, right? And it's crazy. I got three kids. None of them look like each other, and none of them act like each other. And they came from the same two people. (laughs) And they're unique in their being, and so are you. So the first thing, if you're going to discover you, is coming to this realization, I'm God's idea. I am designed specifically by him. And that's cool. Here's the second thing. That Jesus created you. So who are you? You are God's creation. The Bible says that all things have been created through him. So not only do you exist, not just because you are his idea, but you exist because you are his idea expressed. How many of you have had great ideas that never got expressed, right? They just sat in your mind this whole time. So not only did God think of you, but he literally said, no, I want you on this planet. And so I want to tell you, man, this is such a huge thing for me. In the morning, right, I I, I love to spend time and connect with God first thing in the morning. And one of the first things I always do is I'll just declare who he is. And I want to tell you, when I get to the point, and every once in a while, when I stop and think about who God is, I'll stop and I'll go, you are my creator. Every time I do that, it stops me in my tracks. Because immediately, it hits me. It's like, oh my goodness, the only reason I'm here is because you thought of me and you created me. And I just want to tell you, when that gets to you, then I just sit there and I go, I owe you my life if for no other reason than the fact that I exist, God, you get me. Can I, anybody else, amen on that one? Okay, that is why I say some of these things, you're probably, many of you in here are going, I I, I know all this, but I'm telling you, I doubt you live in the reality of it. Because when the reality that you're a created being hits you, it's unbelievable. In fact, it's Psalm 139. Here's what David said, he goes, I... Here's what happens when you realize this. He goes, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. And I would hope that today, that many of you, before you would walk out of here, would just remember, it's like, oh my goodness, I'm a created being, and God did that. Now, a few years ago, we showed a video here uh, by a a speaker named Louis Giglio. 
And he talked about the creation of the stars and the planets and the majestic part of God's creation. And then he brought it home. And he just said, he said a few things about just the design of who you are. This small clip, I I pulled it down to just four minutes. This four minutes blows me away. And even as I watch, I've watched it so many times, I watched it again this morning, and tears just hit my eyes. When you look at this beautiful design, and you realize that God has done this for every one of us in this room. You're created by him. Watch this. One cell from your mom met up with one cell from your dad, each one carrying 23 chromosomes. The one from your mom was carrying half of her DNA. The one from your dad was carrying half of his DNA. And those two cells met and merged into one single cell. And when they did, those chromosomes matched, and they began to form together a brand new DNA code using four characters, four nucleotides, they begin to write out what we have now discovered is the three billion character description of who you are written in the language of God. They wrote out your DNA, your human genome of three billion characters made up of those four simple nucleotides. And when they did, they described who God had ordained you to be. In that one little simple cell. Scientists say if you took the DNA out of that one little cell and stretched it out, that DNA would be six feet long. Three billion characters stretched out to six feet long. So amazing that if I were to read your DNA, reading one character per second, night and day, it would take me 96 years just to read the description of you. And when they formed together, they wrote out and painted a picture which had never been written before in the history of humankind. And then that cell did the unthinkable. It set out to build that model from one cell. I'm telling you, you are a miracle sitting in this building tonight. And you have come a long, long way. I mean, here you are, this may not be in the family photo album, but here you are at three days old, 16 cells of you. You say, what in the world is that? It's a 16 cell human embryo on the tip of a safety pin at incredible magnification. So by now that one cell had turned into 16 cells on its way to making the 75 trillion cells that make up your body tonight. Every one of those 75 trillion cells containing that six feet of the three billion character DNA code that you. There's so much DNA in your body, by the way. If you stretched it all end to end, there'd be enough DNA to go to the moon and back inside your body. 178,000 times. That's how amazing God has made you to be. 75 trillion cells in your body. And when I told you that, 50,000 of those cells died and were replaced by brand new cells when I told you that. And then just now, 50,000 more cells died and were replaced by brand new cells. It's happening every three seconds, day and night, all the days of your existence. And you wonder why you're tired all the time. I'll tell you, you're doing some amazing stuff night and day. 
We're miracles, you and me. I love the way Augustine said it. One of the great fathers of the church and of the faith. He just nailed it when he said it like this. Men go abroad to wonder at the height of mountains, the huge waves of the sea, the long course of rivers, the vast compass of the ocean, the circular motion of the stars, but they pass by themselves and they don't even notice. Is that not unbelievable? <clears throat> Every one of you has to wrestle that one down. Every time I hear that, that's phenomenal. And, and I'm not going to get into a scientific or creation debate here, but I, I, just for me, I'm like, you have to wrestle this one down. Why are you such an unbelievable, miraculous creation? The design of all of that, by chance, for no reason, just happened. Or you were thought of in him, by him. He's got you down here, specifically for a purpose and for a reason. And when that hits me, and I just, and that's why I just go, you look around the beauty of the people in here, and it is, I feel close to God when I'm in nature, and I do. And you see the expanse of the universe, and it blows you away. But the truth is, every one of you should just look in the stupid mirror and be blown away at the beautiful design that you are as a human being, who are you? And I want to tell you what, God so longs for you to know, I thought of you. Every part of that DNA was my idea. And I designed you specifically, exactly the way I wanted you to be. And I know, it was so weird, I was watching that again this morning, and immediately, what hit me was, because I'm a good old church kid, but was the song where it just says, all creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing, Alleluia, oh praise Him. Like, how can I not just stop and put my hands up in the air at six in the morning when I'm thinking about this and just going, I exist. <laughs> you thought of me and you created me. One verse goes on and says, Let all things their creator bless and worship him in humbleness. Oh, praise him. That's really good. Oh, praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. And here's what I know. I've been praying for you guys before you ever walk through these doors. Because some of you, man, you walked in and you don't feel like you matter. Some of you have gone through so much crap on this planet. That some of you walked into this day, I know in a crowd this size, some of you are in here today and you have already planned about how you want to take your life because you don't think you matter. Are you kidding? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, but come on. You are so deeply thought of. You have inestimable value simply because of who God made you to be. And once that comes for the rest of you who walked in and you're okay, now it's like I do, I hope you walk out and you go, no, this is unbelievable who I am. But then what David did when he finally realized it, he says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Because you realize for the first time I'm only here because of Jesus, and I am the way I am because of Jesus, and I will be what I was created to be, okay? Let me say that again. You come to the realization that I am only here because of Jesus. I am the way that I am, as frustrating as I am because of Jesus, and so I will be what I was created to be. So there's only one question left for us this morning. Why? Why are you here? Why out of all of the billions of people on this planet are you so beautifully and uniquely designed. Why? What am I here for? And what am I designed for? And in this passage, God says, there's a reason. Colossians 1.16, Jesus has purpose for you. In Colossians 1.16, what did it say? Go ahead and throw this up here. For in him... All things were created, things in heaven. So that means spiritual realities, spiritual beings. There is stuff going on in the spiritual realm that was created by God that you and I can't see, but you know you feel it, don't you? You know there's something going on deeper than what you can see, feel, hear, touch. There's a spiritual reality. And everything in heaven was created in him, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things, everything you can see on the planet was an idea of Jesus. Therefore, created by him. And then what? For, say it. That was really lame. For him. For him. Okay, so now here's what we need to understand. If all things were created in him, by him, and for him, there is a huge, and that wasn't a good enough word, so I went to the thesaurus, enormous, and then a colossal, 
You know, that's a better word. There is a huge, enormous, colossal purpose. Because everything that you can see was in him, by him, for him. There's a huge purpose. There is a magnificent, stunning, marvelous design of the universe, this planet, and you. And you have a role. You have a purpose. There's a reason you are here and that you are created the way that you are. And I'm telling you, man, in Psalm 139, 16, it says this, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So, so what the psalmist was saying is, not only was God designing you specifically so that you'd have the personality and the gifts and the physical capabilities, the whole time he was doing that, he was saying, and I know why. I know why you're here. There's an ordained purpose for your life. And that's why St. Augustine in 400 B.C. said this, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. Is your heart restless this morning? Are you searching this morning? Are you trying to find why you're here and what the purpose of your life is? God is saying, I am the only one who knows. And I'm telling you, man, when all of a sudden the sweet spot of who you were found to be that you find out in your Myers-Briggs and your strength finder has a purpose, it's huge. So if we are here for him, for Jesus, look at verse 17 and 18. Well, who is he, right? Well, he is before all things, which means he's eternal. So again, he is the creator. In Jesus, all things hold together. Now, I, 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 I so wish I had time to go into this one, but this is phenomenal stuff. Physically, all things hold together. And we know this because they, the, the physicists study these molecules, right? We, all this atomic warfare is they study atoms and they go inside, they realize, oh my goodness, and we all know this, right? That pro, protons and electrons, you need a positive and a negative for stuff to come together. And you've all played with magnets on your fridge, right? <laughs> if they're both protons, they've, make each other go away from each other. Yet, when they dive in, all that's in there are protons and neutrons. And so the scientists are going, why in the world is this actually staying together? There is a natural force that nature herself keeps a mystery. Right? And yet the Bible's saying, there is a force that keeps everything together. But it's not just physically. It's also emotionally, it's relationally. All the ways of God are right. It's what binds us together. Jesus is the head of the body, the church. And so we talk about that, like, what, who is he? Well, he's the head. So yesterday, I was going up immigration with some buddies, and isn't it interesting how flow of conversation will happen? So I don't know how in the world, all of a sudden, we started talking about chickens getting their heads cut off. So I was thinking about it, and we started off by how much we were enjoying this beautiful ride. And somebody said, talked about how fly fishing is such a beautiful experience, except they don't like to clean the fish. And then we're like, yeah, and if you hunt and you kill something, then you, and then you have to actually go and like slit the throat. And we're like, I went, and then I cut off a chicken's head once. That was an interesting flow of thought. Just thought I'd share that with you. 
But how many of you have ever seen a chicken with his head cut off? It's insane. When I was nine years old and I held that and my brother cut off the chicken's head and I threw it, it is absolute chaos. That thing flops 15 feet, boing, boing, boing. It just goes all over the place. And what Jesus is saying here, who is he? I'm the head, he says. And when you disconnect yourself from the head, what happens? Chaos. And some of you right now, your soul is chaotic. Your life is chaotic. Your relationships are breaking and falling apart because you were created in him, by him, for him. And so when we get disconnected from the head, head, nothing works. You guys, I wanna tell you right now, this is why I believe, there's many believe, reasons I believe in Christianity. What's one of them? The answer to this world. All the answer of all the conflict and all the wars and everything that's going on around us is because we don't have a central thing that unites us. Instead, we end up living for ourselves. So in the, in the scripture it said that everything, Jesus is all these things, now what, what's it say? So that, no, put it back, I'm sorry so that he might have the supremacy. You know what that word means? First place. Jesus is trying to help all the world know, listen, you guys, every one of you is here because of me. And every one of you is here for me. And when I get first place in your life, everything starts to work. But the truth is, we all have so many things that are first place to us. You want this, and you want that, and this is most important to you, and then we try to come together, and we're like this. So the Bible's helping us to say, you know why you're here? You're here for me. And that's just what the Bible calls sin, you guys. Sin is simply this thing inside every human being that doesn't want God to be first. And if we're honest, we want us to be first. And so in Colossians 1, as it kept going on, it says this. God was pleased to have all the fullness of him dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. You were created for him. Sin keeps you from living for him. And Jesus came to get rid of your sin and to give you a new heart that actually will follow God. And once that happens, you find why you're here. In 2 Corinthians 5.15, he puts it this way. Christ died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves. That is the chaos. But instead, we live for him. You know what's interesting, you guys? Is in this passage, I was, Tim Keller, he had a great point as you look at this. Is here's Jesus who we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, right? You guys been here the last couple months? 
that once you make a decision that Christianity is not following rules, it's not going to church, it's not trying to be a good person. It's not Christianity until your spirit and the spirit of God have been reconciled, until you've been brought back together. And then his spirit gets inside you and you're a new creation. That is, and it's nothing else is Christianity. Everything else is human, man-made religion until that spiritual thing happens. But once that happens and Christ gets inside of you, see, now you can actually live how you were created to live. You can live for him. And here's the beautiful thing about Jesus. Here he is. He's the image of God. He's the creator. He's the firstborn. He's the head. And the passage ends, and he's dead. And you go, wait a second. (laughs) What Jesus revealed to us is what is life for your soul, what is the nature of God, is to be set free from living for you, and instead you live a life where you give yourself away. That's who Jesus Christ was, even as the head, now he's dead. And every adventure that's ever been written always starts off with a guy who's living some dream life. You know, think of William Wallace right in the movie, Braveheart. He's dancing with his bride. Everything's wonderful and safe. And then the great stories are, the real adventures, a peril happens, there's danger, and they get whisked away to fight for something that's greater than themselves. The reason that's such an awesome storyline is because every one of those stories is just a small taste of the larger story. That Jesus Christ was in perfection and he came and gave himself up because there was danger and peril. You and I couldn't walk with God. And that's why we're here. So he came to rescue us and to bring us back to himself. And I want to tell you what, man, so when you live for him, you live to give your life away. That's why K2, we call it the adventure with God. And I want to tell you, there's no way to have the Spirit of God inside of you. Listen to me, all you Christians. You can't have the Spirit of God inside of you and want to live a cozy, comfortable, easy, make-me-feel-good life. Once Jesus gets inside of you, he busts that out. The American dream goes down the tank, man, into the toilet. That is not life. This is life, that you love me and you love others. And here's how you love others. You lay your life down for them. For a Christian, somebody who's really walking with God, the last thing you want is a nice, comfortable life. It isn't about reaching financial goals anymore or having a great figure past 50. It's not about having the home of your dreams. Really, what happens is you go, that doesn't even matter anymore. I can no longer live for myself. Give me something great to do, and I'll give my life to it. I'll give up everything. Why? Because I finally get it. I'm only here for you. (laughs) And so I finally am set free from this endless pursuit of trying to satisfy myself with work and stuff and people. I finally found why I'm here, and it gives me everything I need. Who are you? And what do you live for? What are you using your talents and your intellect and your personality for? I want to tell you, go to work tomorrow and make it happen. 
Lay down your life tomorrow. Give the absolute best that you have. You guys, I don't know if you know this, everybody who's going to go to work tomorrow, whatever you do is a service to another human being. That's what work is. Work was never meant so you could make lots of money. Work was a service to bless the larger community. So go in there, give it all you've got. Lay down your life through whatever job you're going to do tomorrow. That honors God. That's how you live for him. Honor your employees. Honor your boss. Lay down your life for your coworkers and watch and see what happens. Guess what? What did he say? I want to reconcile everything to me. I think he wants to reconcile your workplace to him. He wants to make that holy. This doesn't mean that you become spiritual and don't live life. No. You guys get that? All right. No, it means I live in my relationships and what I do with purpose. And for some of you, you might be sitting here going, but man, I just don't know. You know what's so cool? Augustine, and Bam, why don't you guys come down? Augustine, this guy, he's one of St. Augustine. He's one of the early fathers of the church. He didn't find a relationship with God till later on in his life. But once God got a hold of him, he finally found his life. Now listen to this quote with me. It's a little old English, but this is so huge. Here's what Augustine said when he tried to share his story. He said, late have I loved thee, O Lord. And behold, thou was within, and I was without. And it's there that I sought thee. Thou was with me when I wasn't with you. Thou didst call and cry and burst my deafness. Thou didst gleam and glow and dispel my blindness. Thou didst touch me and I burned for thy peace. For thy thou self has made us and restless our hearts until in thee they find their peace. Who are you? You are God's idea. Who are you? You are his creation. And why are you here? So that you could walk life like this with God. And I want to tell you, when that happens, everything changes. You'll find why you're here. And your heart will be at rest, filled with love for him and for the world. So what do you do when that finally happens? (laughs) Praise, I praise you, God, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So that's how we're going to end our service today. And we're going to do it by taking our offering. And what a, a perfect time to do this, right? Because in our offering as well, you know, we do this every week. But who, the Bible says, who am I, who are we, that we even have anything to offer God? Because all that we are and all that we have is actually from him. Our intellect, our ability, our physical bodies, everything you use to actually make the money that you have actually came from him. And so then we are humbled so much at who God has made us that we realize this isn't about me, this is about you. 
And so we'd simply return back to him, even our finances, to say, God, we know this is all about you. It's not about me having the best life I could have. It's about me invested in the greater purpose of reconciling this world back to you. All right? So, man, let's all stand. And this is a great way. Let's just stand and let's join with people throughout the ages who have praised God for the fact that he has fearfully and wonderfully made us. Let's sing together.